I'm Terence Steinberg, and I'm preparing to row across the Pacific Ocean from San Francisco to Hawaii to inspire a more courageous world. And I'm Zach Smith. I'm not rowing at all, but I'm here to help tell the story. I spent the past 10 years exploring the far reaches of my mind and body, first through depression and later through endurance sports like Ironman triathlons, ultra marathons, and now rowing the Pacific with each step. And even today, I found the biggest barriers inside myself, the doubts and fears and stories I had to rewrite in my heart. And each time I've discovered I can always do more, that humans are infinitely adaptable. But I've also learned that knowing this myself is not enough. So this time I'm bringing you with me to hopefully inspire you to believe more in yourself and in the opportunity for a better tomorrow. Welcome aboard the United World Challenge. Another amazing part about the United World Challenge is that we're raising money to send students to the United World Colleges, focusing on students affected by rising seas caused by climate change. We want to fuel their dreams. At this time, we'd like to remind everyone listening that if you have any questions, please submit them to us via our Facebook page at the United World Challenge, and we'll get to them on our next episode. Last week, we talked about work. This week, we're going to talk about the Talisker Whiskey Atlantic Challenge, or also known as just the Atlantic Challenge. In case anyone is a newcomer to the project and doesn't know what that is exactly, can you describe that pretty briefly? The Talisker Whiskey Atlantic Challenge is the premier ocean rowing event in the world. And by premier, I mean it's one of two events, and <laughs> the other one is very small. Uh, and so the Atlantic <laughs> okay. Challenge is a, is a rowing race from the Canary Islands off the coast of uh, Morocco to Antigua in the Caribbean. It's been going for, I think, close to 30 years now. A few years ago, oh, it became a, an annual event. And in 20, January 2017, I signed up to compete in this race as a solo rower in the 2019 race, which happened to begin just two days ago. Wow. <laughs> and I, I'm not in it, obviously. <laughs> right, because now you're rowing across the Pacific, a very, very different route and ocean. Uh, how many categories are there in that? Are there different people rowing of different teams, or is everyone rowing against each other? Uh, so you compete against rowers, uh, compete against teams, in the same category and there are two components to a category or a class so there's the number of people in your boat and then there's also the type of boat so there are pure class boats which it the the front of the boat is called a bow and pure class boats have a regular size bow cabin the concept boats have an oversized bow cabin and what that does is it takes advantage of the prevailing winds and it basically acts like a sail you're like, huh. well, aren't you supposed to be rowing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you are. Which is why there are totally different classes. And every okay. year the race is total like shattered by boats in the in the concept class because they effectively have a huge sail to blow across with with the uh trade winds. So you're competing against the number of rowers and the class of boat. Gotcha. And if you if you haven't guessed yet, based on my description of the two classes, I'm definitely rowing a pure class. So you won't be taking advantage of the prevailing winds, that means? Correct, yeah. You'll just I be rowing. Wanted, yeah, I wanted a, a rowing boat that you, ha you have to row. Okay. <laughs> so what is the main exciting part about that race? Is it just going across the Atlantic or being part of uh, an event? 
it's a bit of both. Like the race atmosphere at the start is super cool. It's like an Olympic village. You know, there are teams from all over the world and getting to know the other competitors is fun. I went to the race start in 2016 and it was a great atmosphere. Have you been following along at all? Some. So you download the YB races. That's yellow brick YB space races. Okay. Add that app to your phone and um, then you install the race Atlantic challenge race 2019. And it's super cool to follow the teams and check along. And obviously I'm following them on social media and seeing the posts and it's exciting. Yeah. You said follow along. How does it make it more accessible? Because obviously people are on the ocean and they have to make some way for people to feel like they're a part of it. Does the app do that in any way? And how do you, how can you follow along with people? So in the app, you're going to see all of the boats in the fleet and then you can, there's a little time bar across the bottom. You can move forward and back to see their progress. You can overlay wind and weather conditions. It integrates a little bit with social so you can see some posts on it. But ultimately, if you want to follow any of these teams, you look up the team and follow their accounts on social media. So the app helps. Social media helps. Uh, what I'm excited about, and I've shared this a little bit before, is the story map that we're going to build for Aro, which uh, there just wouldn't have been time to pull that off by December, January for the Atlantic Challenge, but for the, the United World Challenge in April, we'll have something that's even different from following on an app or social media. That's a live multimedia map of all of the content. That's awesome. It's great that you mentioned the, the time bar across the bottom of the y, YB Races app, because I was playing a little bit with that last night, and that was probably the coolest part for me where you could actually see the formation of, of the race start to take shape as you drag the bar across. And it's only been a, a few days, but seeing that happen, even for the short distance that it's, they've gone so far, was pretty cool. Yeah, and you can see some of the boats really early on going way off course. Like, yeah, what yeah. Guys, what, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, you're supposed to go away from the island. So it's pretty, it's pretty interesting when you do that, and then you're like, wait, let me go look at their social media and – not everyone is sharing that consistently, but eventually you'll get the story of what what were they doing going north. <laughs> wow, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, I saw a couple of boats like turn around and turn around again, and then finally get on course and start getting the right way. Yeah, well, the fact is, even if you've spent time in your boat, getting out in the open ocean is different. A lot of people train in bays uh, or a lake, and getting out into the real water. Suddenly, you know, your experience seems to be a lot smaller and there's, right. some, there's some wrinkles to iron out. Yeah. It's like river fishing is a little bit different from ocean fishing and uh, lake rowing is a little bit different than ocean rowing for sure. I'm, yeah. 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 You mentioned an interactive map that is a little bit different than the YB Races app that you'll be on and will also be on the YB Races app so people can follow along your journey on the YB Races. But can you tell me a little bit more about this interactive map? Yeah, for sure. So just to, just to clarify, the way the YB Races app works is every boat in the race has a beacon on their boat, and it's a transponder that every four hours sends a location. And so anyone who has that link to your beacon or the app can track you, right? And that'll be the case with me. I'll take one of these beacons so you can track my location every four hours. In addition and separately, we're building a multimedia map that'll be hosted on my website and partner websites where it'll similarly show the route I'm traveling in addition to that, we'll drop milestones on that route. Imagine a pin. You click the pin, and then a pane opens on the map showing all the content of that day, photos, videos, podcast, blog. 
And then you're able to see, you know, what you can't do in the YB races app. You can't see the photos in that place, but you see their route going in a circle. Gotcha. You're like, well, what happened there? You have to then go to social media and look, and maybe they shared something. Maybe they didn't because guess what? They're racing. Right. In my case, I'm not racing. I'm going to share the story and inspire people and make content. And so on the same type of a map, but on a separate platform that we're custom building ourselves uh, with some in-kind support from, from some cool teams, we're going to be putting the content on that route, which no one has ever done for any ocean voyage before. Yeah. And then, Zach, when people have questions, they're going to send them to you. That's right. And you're going to send them to me. And then I'm <laughs> going to record answers and we're going to get them in the podcast. That's right. I'm really excited for that. Just to get the recordings from you from the ocean will be pretty cool in itself. And then sharing that is going to be really exciting. Yeah, man. You know, a question that I didn't think to ask until I started looking up some of the articles about teams in the Talisker Atlantic Challenge was something as simple as seasickness. There was a team that mentioned they had three members and they had to drop one of the members or she had to drop because like two years into training, she started developing seasickness. And I didn't know that was something you could develop. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe it is. Uh, you don't have any issues with that, do you? Because that might be a problem. Yeah. So most people do get seasick when they're on a 23-foot boat in the ocean. Fair play. Yeah. The other side <laughs> of the coin is most, almost everybody also gets over it. If you can get through that week where you manage to get hydrated, get some food, because your body, otherwise your body will shut down. So right. if you're seasick and you can't get anything down, you have, it's, a, it's a ticking clock and you will run out of time. And I know right. people who've been rescued also on the Pacific because it's so rough and you're going so hard to try and break away from the continent that it's, you're getting hit by all sides. You're seasick and you can't take a break. And wow. yeah. people have gotten rescued for that. Now, if you can get through that, you will get over it. So the good news is I tend to have a pretty solid stomach. Uh, one of the perks of my day job and, and the, the working on a computer and some challenging hours is when I'm on my way to and from the airport every week, I'm typically on my computer in the backseat of the taxi. And that used to make me really sick, but I've gotten used to it. And I feel like that's one way my job is helping prepare me for the ocean. <laughs> you don't have any roller coasters nearby. You can take a, a couple rides a day. <laughs> Not a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get my take my computer and go sledding. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. If you can do your work while on a roller coaster, that's that's your training. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and hold it steady and do everything. On Talisker's website for the race, they have written that it's the world's toughest row. And I know we talked a little bit about this in the first it's, episode. It's a, really, it's a really good tagline, isn't it? Yeah, it's a good tagline, but... The road that you're doing isn't quite as long, but I think there are some parts that are just as difficult, if not harder, aren't they? Well, there's a reason that 120 people have solo rode the Atlantic and seven have solo rode from North America to Hawaii. Wow. Right. Their row is the toughest, most common row. It's also the most accessible because of a whole, a whole bunch of things around it and the trade winds. By a lot of measures, rowing to Hawaii can be harder. There are certain aspects of it that are, but it also depends on the ocean in a year. You know, sometimes the Atlantic is a beast. You have huge storms, huge waves, and it, it, it really depends year to year. Regardless of which one of the journeys is harder, both of these are awesome, awesome events and awesome things. I mean, the entrants are still doing 2,500 miles across the Atlantic 
and Josh some of yeah. yeah and some of them are some of them have very little experience i mean there there was a number of people who are participating in that i read about that just said oh you know this seems really cool i need an adventure in my life and they just started training and this is the first real row that a lot of them are ever doing coming back to the mission of of this project do you think that helps inspire a more courageous world and how so well yeah we tell ourselves all sorts of stories about what we can and can't do the fact is no one's an ocean rower until you go and row an ocean and the vast majority of people who become ocean rowers aren't sailors or rowers to begin with they just decided that that idea of something being impossible <laughs> is just a perception and so that's the case with so many different teams and as you hear hear their story i think there's something to take away that it doesn't have to be rowing but what is what is your ocean and what's stopping yeah. you from getting in your boat yeah i like that that no one is an ocean rower until they row an ocean you can row all the lakes you can row anything else but until you do anything you are not that thing and everybody starts out that way everybody starts out in the same place of not having done it until you do it and the only difference is the decision these people who it's their first time it's their first big row all they did was make a decision that they were going to and then follow through on that decision and obviously there's preparation there's conditioning etc but that's where it starts the, the hardest part is that first decision and you also have to be ready to make it. When I first heard about ocean rowing is from Roz Savage's TED Talk in, I think, 2006. Now, at the time, I, I saw that, and I was part inspired and part sad because I was like, gosh, I would love to do that, but I can't. That was mm. like literally my reaction. Now, fast forward 12 years, Roz is on my advisory board. I spoke with her a few weeks ago. She's the only woman to have rowed the Indian, Atlantic, and Pacific solos. And, wow, what um, a beast. What a beast. She's amazing. She's amazing. <laughs> And, you know, and, and at 2006, I hadn't started my journey yet in a way, right? And little by little, pushing my limits year after year, I got to a point where in 2016, when I saw a film about ocean rowing, I saw it. And at that point, I was in a spot in my life where I said, let's do this, you know? But so you nice. have to realize, you know, you can't compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 10. And we're all in our own different journeys. And so it's not like I'm going to go do ocean rowing now. It's, well, what is that first step in your journey? Right. What is chapter one for you? Anyone listening, I, I think looking up any and all of these would be a good primer for what we're doing here because it's all similar. It's all along the same vein of challenging yourself. These are rowing events. These are people taking on huge, huge tasks. Why? Because they decided they could and they wanted to and made that decision for themselves. And at this point, I think we can thank all the people involved for listening because after all this project is about you you are who and what this project is really about and at this point i think terrence it's worth you reminding everyone how they can get involved in our project if they want to so whether you're new or you've been following the united world challenge for a while you can get involved in a few ways first you can support our mission to inspire the world make a donation to the challenge, visit unitedworldchallenge.org and visit the launch page or get some awesome products at the pirate booty page where you get discounts and we get commission. Win-win. You can also support the scholarship fund to send new students to the United World Colleges. Go to unitedworldchallenge.org and go to the mission page. 
You can also get involved personally, offer a skill or time or connect us to a partner for equipment or anything else. And lastly, inspire a more courageous world. Show up, tell your friends and share this story. Until next time and always keep believing in yourself and those around you. Together, we're rowing for a better tomorrow. Thanks, Great. everybody. Thanks, everybody. Bye. The soundtrack for this episode was composed by and is courteous of the artist, who you can find at SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash thecuriouskid.